0: Alrighty. Hello. Welcome to another podcast, Moment with Eric Fleming. Um, today, we're going to talk a little bit about Native Americans. Now, I know a lot of you are probably like, why is this brother so hung up on Native Americans? Why would he Why has he wanted to vote a segment? Because that's our problem in this country. Um, You know, we've been talking about white supremacy and white nationalism, how it's impacted not only the United States, but how it's impacting globally what's going on. And we're going to talk a little bit bit about uh, games that people are playing with it um, on the other side. But I wanted to talk about Native Americans because something unique uh, is happening in Iowa. Uh, There's actually a Native American nation that is hosting a presidential forum, uh, if you will. And seven of the 20 candidates are going to be there. And, um, you know, that's kind of historic. And it should be noted that those folks are serious about helping um, or addressing some issues. One of the main ones is Elizabeth Warren. Now, you know, Senator Warren got into it, uh, especially with the Cherokee Nation, about her heritage. She has claimed for years and years prior to her being in quote unquote public office, public service, that she was, uh, she, and she explained that throughout her history as a child, her grandparents explained that she had Cherokee heritage, right? Turns out that it's very, very infinitesimal, infinitesimal, however you pronounce that word, very, very small. Very teeny tiny. Um, you know, I got a better chance of being struck by lightning than her DNA saying she's a Cherokee. I'm just saying, it's not a knock on Elizabeth Warren as the president would try to make it. It's just that the DNA testing kind of shattered the grandparents' stories. But you know, who whose childhood stories have not been shattered, right? So anyway. Um, nonetheless one of the two Native American members of Congress has endorsed Warren in spite of that um, and so this leads me and one of the reasons why they're endorsing Warren because Warren is wants to put in a provision in the budget that makes sure that safeguards Any appropriation made toward Native Americans. If it's something that's set aside for, you know, health care or education, um, you know, something through the Department of Interior as far as, you know, upkeep of the land or whatever the case may be, right, Uh, any appropriation set aside for Native Americans will be protected. From budget cuts, the proposal that Warren is issuing, and I wish we had that kind of provision for African Americans, but that's another conversation for another day. Because the 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 biggest victims of the European settlement and the discovery uh, or the creation of this country has been Native Americans. From clearly an overwhelming majority of the population to now about little more than 1% right with exactly about 1% of the voting population in this country so they they have a very very small small influence on the national election but as close as national elections have been the last couple of times presidential elections, those 300000 some votes may swing it. They may swing um, an electoral college state that's needed, right? I mean, they're they're very spread out throughout the country, but there are pockets. And so, you know, like Oklahoma's one of those states. So, you know, and the Native American vote has tended to be democratic, which is why you don't hear a lot of people, including the president, talking about Native Americans in any kind of positive light. And I don't need to go through the history of our relationship with Natives here. Uh, You know, we mistakenly call them Indians because of our Christopher Columbus influence, Um, but they're not Indians. They are natives. Native Americans. Right? And even though we have names that still reply and, and people respond to it politely like we say American Indian or talk about the Bureau of Indian Affairs. Right? Um. Yeah. It's, um. Uh, they're not Indians. They're, they're natives. And They were Americans before the Murica boys. You know the folks that spell America M-U-R-I-C-A. Those, those, they they were Americans long before those boys, right? And they deserve the respect and the uh, the remaining members of of those respective nations, right? So, there's been some progress, right? Especially when you look at a lot of their conditions as far as, like, being allowed to have certain industries, especially the gaming industries. That seems to be a very popular thing to do. The one thing that's kind of a negative is, uh, historically, whether it's a stereotype or it's genetics, whatever the case may be, um... Placing alcohol on native land has never been historically a good thing or supplying natives with alcohol has never been a good thing. Uh, They have one of the highest alcoholism rates as far as any group in the nation. Um, You know, and they've been working on that, right? One of the strongest nations that I got to see firsthand was the the Choctaw Nation in Mississippi. Um, I'm in Cherokee territory, being in Georgia, and I've got to do my DNA because supposedly I have Cherokee in me. I don't know. Kind of looks that way, but I ain't going to go out on a limb with Elizabeth Warren. But I may have a little more than she does. I don't know. I'm not going to bet the farm on that. Just throwing that out there. But the Choctaw Nation was very, very powerful. They had a man in Mississippi named Philip Martin who was the tribal chief for, like, many, many years. Um, You know, decades. And the Mississippi Band of Choctaw Indians is one of the most respected uh, Indian nations, or Native American nations. There there I go, right? Native American nations in, in the United States and uh, they've been very, very, uh, powerful in local politics, right, in Mississippi uh, at least when Martin was there, I think Miss Anderson, Chief Anderson is, uh, the first female chief, and she, uh, she's the second chief since Martin died, or, or has been, was replaced he, he lost before he died, um and she has had a uh, a hand in politics, and she's tried to keep a balance between Democrat and Republican there. You know, they kind of they kind of go with the hand that's hot on a lot of elections. So they locally they'll probably vote Democrat, and statewide they'll vote Republican. Nonetheless, good people, great people, actually. Uh, They have this huge uh, Choctaw Fair uh, where you get to see uh, uh, some native uh, games and and dances and ceremonies and all those kind of things. And then you understand why they're some of the best lacrosse players on the planet, right? Because they have those things going on too. It's a really, really cool experience. And of course, they have two casinos. So there's that, right? Now having said all that, let's be clear. These six nearly 6 million people in the United States, a lot of them are living below poverty. A lot of them are struggling. A lot of them don't live on the reservation, right? And that's that's kind of the reason why people cringe when I say American apartheid because Natives are not mandated to be on the reservations anymore, but the reservations were created for them to be. Each nation got X number of acres to settle, right? As great presidents like Andrew Jackson, he says sarcastically, ran these natives out of their homes, you know, so white folks could settle. Right, and they had treaty after treaty after treaty in Mississippi. If y'all want to know why the the golf course is called Dancing Rabbit, look it up, Google it, Wikipedia. If you want to know why Hines County is named after a guy named Hines, it's related to Native Americans, look it up, Google it, Wikipedia. Right, it's a major thing, right? There's a reason why the capital city. It's named Jackson and the county is named Hines As far as Mississippi Okay So we've established that They have a high poverty rate have High alcoholism rate. And they have a low respect Right So Native Americans are kind of an afterthought In American discussion We always talk about us, black folks We always talk about Latinos We always talk about Asian Pacific Islanders We very rarely, if ever, talk about Natives. Right? And that's a problem, because it's almost like we're wishing the original citizens of this land away, and we cannot do that. If we are supposed to be the country of true diversity, then of all the people, we need to make sure it stays viable and existent is the natives. We have to do a better job. One of the things we need to do is their priority in the government scale. So, by legal definition, every reservation is actually a nation, right? Or they're assigned to a nation, right? And so each tribal nation Has a unique ability that states don't have. They can. Enter treaties. Right. With countries. (laughs) Uh, They can. They can enter into. uh, Agreements. With states. Right. The only nations that states can. uh, Negotiate with our tribal nations, as far as a treaty or agreement, right, trade agreement. That's how the Mississippi folks, the Choctaws, were able to get a deal, which is considered the best deal in all of America, where the Choctaws can gamble as long as they exist. Other nations have had agreements with states 50 years, 100 years. As long as the Choctaws exist, they will be allowed to gain. That's the most unique, most generous agreement across the nation, right? And they get to, you know, divvy up the tax money. So they're one of the few inland counties that has seen improvements in infrastructure and everything else, right? But there's more, it needs to be more than that. And if from a national standpoint, it definitely needs to be a priority. So, most people don't even know who is responsible for the natives in the American government. That distinction currently falls under the Secretary of the Interior. Now, the Secretary of Interior's main job is our national park system, right? Our, our land management right but then you threw the Native Americans as the Bureau of Indian Affairs and I know somewhere somebody was having a moment like a John Wayne Jimmy Stewart Western kind of moment when they made that kind of bureaucratic decision but let's fix that Right? I would like the next president of the United States to move the Bureau of, first of all, rename it. It's not the Bureau of Indian Affairs. It'll be the Bureau of Native American Affairs or the Department of Native American Affairs, division, whatever. Right? But you got to change it from Indian Affairs. It's the Native American Affairs. Right? And you move that agency to the Department of State. Right? So that the fourth most powerful person in the United States government, or I should say the third, right? Third most powerful person in the United States government should have a say-so, you know? Where's it for? I want to say third. I, I got to go back because I'm trying to think if it's, well, it's president, vice president, speaker of the house. No, it's number five. Okay. Secretary of State's Because it's vice, it's something like that. Anyway. We'll go back with that president. You'll probably look that up. President succession. You know, president, vice president. Then it gets murky. I think Nancy Pelosi's next. Then it's the president, the pro tem of the Senate, and then I think it's the Secretary of State. I think she, he or she's number five. Anyway, the point I'm making is, is that if it's a nation, then it should be treated like a nation. If they can make treaties then they should be treated as an entity that makes treaties. You don't stick them in the same department as bison management, right? Or land management or, you know, the park management. You put them in a category where they're respected. And I guarantee you that if you put them in a department like the Secretary of State's office, then the, I guarantee you that the treatment of natives in this country will be a lot better. It'll it'll have a higher profile. People will pay attention to the issues that concern them. And I think that's a long overdue step in the right direction. It's almost 200 years in the making as far as correcting, right? Because, you know, just as long as black people have been fighting and been dealing with second-class citizenship um, for 400 years. So have the natives, because when the settlers of Jamestown showed up, guess who greeted them? It's the natives. The legend of Pocahontas comes from the Jamestown settlers. John Smith. You understand what I'm saying? So it's like, just as equal to what was going on with African-Americans was simultaneous with Native Americans and there have been numbers of cases where Natives and African Americans teamed up to try to preserve and survive Um, so we owe them that and uh, just wanted to put that out in the atmosphere Uh, appreciate that there are some presidential candidates that understand the seriousness of that and we'll give them that due respect and uh, we'll see what happens over the next four years alright I'll catch y'all on the other side So we're back, and uh, let's continue to talk about white right supremacy and white nationalism, shall we? Yes, because even after the popularity in the media cycle for MSMs fade on this, because they, you know, mainstream media are are, are squirrel dogs basically. It's like squirrel, 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 squirrel. squirrel. They they're gonna move. They're not going to stay on this until it's eradicated. That's our job, right? So, again, let's dedicate some more time to it. Let's talk about Portland, Oregon, again. So, I don't know what the deal is with Portland, Oregon. And uh, I understand First Amendment, all this stuff. But you do have some latitude, city leaders of Portland. If you think that organizations that ask for permits are going to commit violent acts you do not have to give these people permits just a thought i know you've got some lawyers there i know you've got some intelligent people i know some of y'all have been in politics for a long time in portland figure it out it's like don't say well we want to have a rally here and then be like you know all clenched up you know worried if they're gonna fight if you think they're gonna fight don't give them the permit Let them take you to court and say, hey, let's show you some previous footage, right? They'll win. All you got to do is just say, yeah, we're going to pass on that. Because if you're going to clench up every time you issue the permit and you're worried about who's showing up and who's marching and what, look, man, just don't do it. You know Nike, I know the Nike headquarters is in your state and it it's like it's in your town basically almost. But it's like, you know, just do it, not except for permits. Except for per, uh, per, you know, parade demonstration permits. If y'all can't handle that pressure, I'm just saying, if it's a problem for you, don't do it. You have the legal latitude not to do it. You don't have to do it. Again, portland you don't have to do it don't stress yourself if it's gonna be a problem don't stress yourself all right now that we've done that right because it's like all the media and i saw a real great exchange between the leader of the proud boys and a reporter from cnn sarah uh said send or i can't i can't i'm butchering her name right now but it was awesome she was she was asking questions. He's like, no, that ain't what we're about. This is what we're saying. Well, tell me what you about. I got the mic right here. Talk to me. Tell me that we are wrong in our assessment. But the Southern Poverty Law Center says this. Now that is not true. We are this. Okay. I mean, they will go and tell. It was great. If every interview was that substantive and deep, did it change any minds? It might have. It might have. Now the Proud Boys. Are white supremacists? Let's get this real. But, you know, it was like these folks were were upfront with it, you know. And not one time did that guy deny that he was a white supremacist. He did deny that they were chauvinistic. <laughs> he did deny that they were misogynistic. He he vehemently denied that. That's really when the debate started. No, we, we we don't treat women as second class citizens. Anybody else, but we're not white women. <laughs> you know. Anyway, and of course they're kind of more nativist because they actually have people of color in this organization, which I don't understand how you a nationalist group and you're a person of color. How you how you even form your mouth to do that. But anyway. That's terrible So let me be clear If you are a a person of color And you're a nationalist You're just as bad as the white supremacist white nationalists Because you do not have a right To discriminate against people Just because of where they come from Especially if your heritage Is You know It's known If you're a person of color Let's put it this way If you are not a Native American If you are not a Native American, as we talked about in the last segment, you're an immigrant. Whether you were brought here by force or by choice or by religious persecution, you're an immigrant. Let's be clear. So, there's no need. There's no... Justification Again, we'll go through this one more time and we'll do it until people finally get it instilled in their head. There's nothing scientific or intellectually based that justifies racism, white nationalism, white separatism. Nothing. You can throw me some bell curves, I'm going to throw you the truth curve. Nothing. Nothing supports that BS that y'all talk, nothing. Right. So anyway, in Portland, those BS talkers and the Antifa folks were all there in Portland. It was like a convention of people who want to be hostile to each other. It was it was great, and fortunately, it was just strictly verbal, just folks. Now there were some Twitter moments where you saw some people trying to pull somebody on the bus. You were trying to see. Some folks, you know, kind of pushing and shoving a little bit when they got to the line, but you didn't see, you didn't see all-out war. You didn't see all-out chaos. Now, some people are going to try to do something. I don't know. Make some claims the last minute. We'll see. All I know is this, right? From what I saw, it was pretty uneventful. It was like a waste of media manpower and resources. The local media could have covered it and sent the feeds to the nationals basically it was just just fun but because of where we are in this country, because of the tension that is going on in this country the fact that there could have been a confrontation between people who are white supremacists and people who violently do not like white supremacists that was was like they they had live coverage ready for that and I'm glad it didn't happen because I ain't ready for a civil war, I'm not I don't care what you think about my rhetoric or anything like that. I ain't trying to have no civil war. I ain't trying to have a war at all. I ain't trying to go. I ain't trying to shoot nobody. I ain't trying to stab. I ain't trying to do none of that. I'm just trying to live my life, enjoy the fact that, you know, I've made it this far. I've seen some things. I have some things to look forward to, and it's, it's time to make that happen so i don't know you know i just i just think it's kind of kind of sad that we're at this point now and then of course the president in all his brilliance and all his glory and all his triggeredness right he sends out a tweet saying yeah we're gonna make antifa a uh terrorist organization but first of all they're not an organization they're just kind of people that show up and say they're Antifa, right? There's no head, there's no leadership, whatever may case may be, you know, organized. It's not really organized. It's just people, right? And then somebody put up a meme that was awesome. And they it was like the way they worded it, it was like they said, here's this anti-fascist group about to confront some white supremacists. And it was a picture of the soldiers getting off of the boats on (laughs) D-Day. Heading to Normandy Beach to deal with the Nazis. That doesn't put it in perspective for you. You might be a little slower than I thought you were. That's okay. We're going to catch you up because we are leaving no child, no grown-up behind. Right? Not in this fight. We're going to educate you on it. Because white supremacy has to end, it has to go, it has to be defeated. Right? That's that's the ultimate goal from this point forward. We need climate change, and white supremacy needs to end. By the end of the 21st century, the climate should be fixed, and white nationalism, white supremacy is extinct. Can we make that a goal? I'm giving you to the end. Of, I'm giving you 80 years. I'm giving you 80 years to make this happen. Let's do that. Let's fix the climate. Because if we get rid of white supremacy and we have no planet, it doesn't make no sense, right? And I hate that the only way you could get rid of white supremacy is if we don't have a planet. So, next 80 years, we want to eliminate white supremacy, white nationalism, and we're not going to, like, push it back 75 years and then try to make a push for the last... No, we're going to take steps today. Right. And then, and then we're going to deal with, and then we, well, we're also going to deal with climate change because we can walk and chew gum at the same time, right? So we're going to fix climate change, and that's, and that's a that's a conversation too that we need to have because speaking about the Department of Interior, just a question: Why is the Department of Interior and the EPA two separate organizations? I think if you put national weather service nasa the epa department of interior make that one big giant agency and their main focus is to save the planet right and those will be the main agencies that will have the technology and the indicators to prove that the planet is being saved they will have that charge um and you know, it'll make it harder for these guys to try to stick lobbyists in these positions, maybe, um, to countermine what needs to be done. But anyway, that's that's the policy idea discussion for later on. I just want to focus in these last few minutes on Portland. If if you have a problem with people. Protesting against fascists, right? Against white supremacists, against white nationalists. You got a problem that we're going to fix because you're going to be on those people's side when it's all said and done, right? But as far as dealing with um, violence, like I said, I ain't trying to be in the war. So, I don't think you have to be violent with these people. I think if you put up a resistance and and they get triggered enough where they going to provide, you know, try to be violent with you, you always have a right to defend yourself. Let's not be foolish. Again, just a reminder to some people who think, "Whoa, man. I can't believe he's saying this. Blah, blah. Dr. King has died and we have a holiday for his name. Nobody else is picking up that mantle. You have some old school folks that, you know, and, and we're, we're down with trying to resolve stuff peacefully because he showed that it could be done, but you got to be with reasonable people or you got to bring them to reason, right? But if this president, there's no such thing as reasonable with him. So he has to go. He has to be gone. And just like in 2020, by December of 2020, he'll be gone. That'll show that we can get rid of white supremacy and white nationalism by 2,300. I guess 2,200. 100, I'm sorry. I'm all screwed up. By 2,100. Yeah, 80 years. We got this. We can do this, right? But let's, uh, you know, Portland, if y'all can't handle it, don't give out the permit. Um, I would encourage people uh, that oppose these white supremacists not to play their game, not to fall into their trap. Offer a line of resistance, offer a line of defense, but don't be aggressive with it because... You know, this dude is so triggered he wants to make Antifa, but you're not even enforcing the law that says the Klan is a terrorist organization. They're a terrorist organization. And anybody that ascribes to the same philosophy, tactics, values, beliefs, including one particular political party, right? Then. You know, they're white supremacists and they're, they're terrorists too. So if you can't say that white supremacist organizations are terrorists, then don't try to jump on the folks that don't like them. Don't do that. And if you create a definition that's too broad, then basically everybody that hates the Klan, everybody that hates white supremacists, everybody that hates white nationalists, We'll be a terrorist in America. And I ain't no terrorist. I'm tired of being terrified by these white folks that have lost their mind. I am. Until next time.